One witch is powerful. A coven of witches is unstoppable. Want to go deeper in your craft with the support of your basic witches? Then join our coven on Patreon. We have three tantalizing tiers with ad-free episodes, shout-outs on the pod, monthly card pulls, and girl talk, where you get to connect with us one-on-two. So, are you a basic witch, boss witch, or our best witch? We can't wait to see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic witches. I mean, we're witches, <laughs> basically. Hey, witch, it's Rach. You've really gotten to know me and I want to get to know you. Enroll in my virtual self-love course, learn to fucking love yourself, and we'll connect one-on-one in your complimentary coaching call. Learn to Fly is a crash course that'll heal your entire internal world. It covers inner child work, cord cutting out the bullshit from your life, Marie condoing your mind, and tactical exercises that will teach you how to enjoy being you. Read the stellar reviews and enroll at rachellaforest.com slash learn to fly. Let's get high on self-love, baby. Hey, witches, Leah here. You know my all-time favorite thing to talk about is manifestations, synchronicities, and going for the goals. So if you're ready to put your feminine energy in the front seat and whoa, manifest some Wait, are you really going to bleep out I can't say This is my commercial. Anyway, what are you waiting for? It's can or never. Join my four-week manifestation course, buy my deck, art, and more by going to www.leahkanauer.com. L-E-A-H-K-N-A-U-E-R.com. What up, witches? Happy Witchy Wednesday. You are listening to Basic Witches. It's Leah Knauer. And Rachel LaForest. And we have another duo in the studio today, the Eckarts. They are occultist celebrity seance leaders, you guys. And they have had a gamut of experiences in the seance world that mm-hmm. we got the dish on. Dan and Kat have so much to say. Seance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're going to want to like definitely book with them by the end of it. Um we're we're getting our way into a séance with them. We're convinced we are into it. Um <laughs> and let's get into it with a couple readings for our awesome patrons. By the way, you guys, if you're not on the Patreon yet, you got to be because you get more synchronicities with these episodes. For example, there was a lot of visual stylistic synchronicities that episode, which you will only understand if you're watching this on Patreon. Oh yeah, um, and you get to watch it early. You get to watch the video <laughs> before the episode actually drops if you're part of our Patreon. And obviously the best part, which is about to come, Rachel's going to pull some cards for some special patrons. So these are cards that whenever you're listening to this, this is what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first pulling for you, Ruby, what you get? Ooh, you got slow down. Mm. Um, The figure of a woman sitting with her palm on her face, kind of lightning bolts thinking, and she's she's like slowing down enough to actually assess. 
Mm. Okay, so. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, Venus. Ooh, metamorphosis, the butterflies. Okay, Venus, this is your affirmation of whatever changes you've been making or want mm. to make. Metamorphosis. You're transforming, witch. And lastly, Becky, you got romance, which I feel like you've gotten before. Oh. Um, the figure of a woman holding flowers to herself, looking kind of flirty into the lens. So what kind of romance do you need to give to yourself, Becky? Love it. I love it, too, because we've heard back from these patrons from past readings yeah. on air, and they're always spot on. Yes. They're always, like, listening, and then they realize, oh, that was my name. Like, the radio <laughs> DJ called it out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I got a reading. Um, so if you want to join these awesome patrons, you can find the link to our Patreon on the Instagram, at Basic Witches. And while you're on the interweb, please leave us a five-star iTunes review. It does a lot for us, and mm -hmm. we hope we're doing a lot for you. So thank you for that. Yes, we love you witches so much, and we know you're going to love this episode. So let's get into it with the Eckharts. Hello. Hi. Well, hello. Thank you for having us. <laughs> the most gorgeous occult couple is before <laughs> oh, yeah. us. For real. Appreciate it. Um, Dan and Kat, you guys are styled to the nines. I know that style is like a huge part of you guys because you can just tell that vibe when you look at any of your work. Mm. Um, what does it have to do with uh, style for you? Like, is it inspiring? Yeah, um, it's very inspiring. I yeah, love- That's a good question. Not many people ask us that, but it is a really big part of our work. Exactly. We got involved with um, kind of the paranormal through many different channels, but one, oddly enough, and I think for most people who get involved in like ghosts stuff, uh, was through like ghost hunting shows on the Discovery Channel and uh, yes. docu-series, right? Mm -hmm. And there was always this kind of like camo pants and torn off t-shirts running into a room <laughs> and screaming at ghosts. <laughs> and we never really vibed with that. We vibed with the idea of the paranormal and the afterlife and spirits and spirits contacting us. But we always felt like what we do is a ritual and there's ritual involvement to it. And so we want to create that ritual space. Um, much of our seances and our digital, digital events are all about that ritual intention. So we mm. wanted to bring an element of um, not a solemn element, but a special mm. element to what we do. So when people yeah. work with us, they say, yes, I'm here for this. I'm mm -hmm. in this space right now. Mm -hmm. Looking the part so they understand yeah. it and get it. Yeah. Well, we also try to create the seance environment that people are hoping for. It really helps to set the expectation for the evening, usually evening. I don't think we've done one in the day before. <laughs> <laughs> but we, so we try to use a lot of candles, do a lot of like darker mm. colors, like um, almost jewel tones and make it kind mm. of almost a romantic setting. I've described the seance as romantic before. Um, yes. And I think it can be like really intimate, mm. uh, not only with the people around you, but even the spirit world. It oh. seems like that's your way of like establishing respect for the spirits. Yeah, that, that's a good thought. I don't yes, know. <laughs> it is. Um, there's a real conversation that happens around um, 
it's funny because it's also a timely conversation that's happening now in like politics and society about consent and what is mm. what is ritual what is consent what is calling on spirits um some of the old like um and maybe we'll talk about this later but some of the old historical texts are like you want to work with a spirit you have to call it down bind it into a crystal shout at it tell it what you need it to do <laughs> and then there's an element of you know, we don't want to do that. If some, if there's a survival of consciousness and someone's out somewhere else doing something else, we don't want to yank them down and be like, now you have to talk to me for the next 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, have you ever like uh, interacted with a spirit that did not consent and how did they like behave? Yes. yes. Um, we didn't mean to, but now, now that you brought it up, uh, I think you're going to the exact same thing I'm going to. Go for it. Um, so at our last uh, spirit summoning, we do um, mediumship online. And no, not our last one, because our last one was Friday. Yeah. The month before, mm -hmm. um, I was communicating with someone's grandmother and I was kind of having a, there was a bit of a challenge. There was a challenge of communication, but I was really trying, you know, I really wanted to get in touch for this person who was waiting on the other end. And all of a sudden we got cut off from our whole Zoom meeting. We got yeah. kicked out. We were bounced out of our Zoom meeting. We thought something crashed. Yeah. We logged back in. And the woman who um, was trying to reach her grandmother was just hysterically laughing. And we're like, what's going so on? So my grandma? Yeah, she goes, my grandmother hated mediums. Like we would go to the beach and she'd see their shacks and she'd be like, that's disgusting. <laughs> so apparently she didn't like talking with us like that. Wow. Click. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's we hilarious. moved on after that. We're like, sorry, you know. Okay. A lot of what we do though is we're, it's invocational, but invitational. Um, hmm. We often ask for spirits to send some kind of sign or give us some kind of confirmation that they're willing to speak with us. And if they're not, if they do boot us from the Zoom call or if they just don't show up, because sometimes things just don't happen. Sometimes mm -hmm. people just don't want to talk. Yeah. Um, we're respectful of that. We're not yes. going to bind them to a crystal or threaten them with yeah. some kind of <laughs> task. So what does a modern seance look like? Can you kind of walk us through yeah. Um, a modern seance is funny because the idea of mediumship and contacting the dead has been around forever. Um, and trying to def define like who's invented the seance or who's created it is like trying to define like who was the actual creator of rock and roll. Like ah. the point where it happens, but there are so many hidden peoples and contribution to that. So many um, inspiration, so many um, sadly stories of like oppression or marginalization that the idea of the modern seance as people think of it seems to be more rooted in pop culture than almost any kind of historical element. Mm, so, like uh, movies. Yeah. Like of uh, seances. Exactly. Like movies, TV shows, um, Scooby-Doo is one we still <laughs> hear a lot about. Um, because people picture those opening credits with the haunted castle and the mm -hmm. cartoon ghosts flying out. Mm -hmm. And we've had to recognize that in order to create an intentional and um, ritual space, we need to give people some iteration of that, um, some iteration of what it feels like to be in communication with the beyond, mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. comfortable. Uh, because you can do a seance in a basement, you can do it in a brightly lit room. The spiritualists will have like, you know, a four hour time of sitting in a church singing hymns and that's a seance 
But for us, our seance is um, built with some degree of uh, intention setting and some degree of familiar um, aesthetics, as Kat was saying. So candles and uh, beautiful, rich tapestries on the table. And we do sit around a circular table because it gives that feeling of this is a special and safe space. Mm -hmm. uh, what we do in the seance is not, we're not spiritualists. So we don't invoke through singing hymns. Um, it's not particularly uh, Christian or religious in any way. Uh, we have our own beliefs, but we welcome anyone who joins us to bring theirs to the table as mm -hmm. well. Um, there's really kind of a layered movement into the seance. So like some of the first things we do are about having people become comfortable where they are, mm -hmm. feeling what it feels like to just be. Because if a spirit reaches out and touches you, you might not notice it if you're not aware of what it feels like to not be touched mm -hmm. by a spirit, right? Uh, being mm -hmm. present, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of being present and then a lot of experimentation with different methods. So how will the spirits reach out to us? Is, there go is it going to be through cards? Maybe. Is it going to be through pendulums? Maybe. Ah. Is it going to be through manifestations? Sometimes. Uh, we don't like, like there's to... like an improv element to it. There it's is. Kind of going with the flow. Yeah it's, yeah. it's like jazz in a way. Yeah, yes. We have talked about it like that. We kind of try to bring a lot of different tools, um, which is... <laughs> <laughs> why sometimes we'll come to a place and lovely like I'll be right back I have another trip to make okay one more <laughs> trip to make because we've got a bunch of boxes and stuff um but so we will have like the crystal ball, ball available in mm -hmm. case we want to do that type of scrying we've had a lot of success with that because some people everyone experiences spirit communication in a different way everyone has their mm -hmm. talents every way everyone has their way of listening and tuning in some people are very visual and they want that like scrying option they want even pyromancy we light candles not only for the element but candles will flare up to tell us when we're on the right track or mm -hmm. communicate messages mm -hmm. from spirit yeah, and some of that depends on the spirit too. So we'll do seances where, you know, if it's someone who is devoutly Catholic in life, our work is going to be, uh, we're going to have saints, we're going to have Mary, we're going to have Catholic iconography that that spirit and family would associate with that person, mm -hmm. as opposed to rolling up with Lucifer or Hecate and being like, well, <laughs> who's coming to talk? Right. <laughs> Um, so what, how do you guys experience spirit? Cause you said everyone feels it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, we kind of bring that jazz into our own practice. Mm -hmm. We like to do all sorts of different, uh, ways of communicating with spirit, including scrying. I like automatic writing a lot. Ooh. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly, it's just, it's really nice to take space and see what's coming through. And then for me to be able to write that out and be able to review it later when I'm out of it, it's just like, it's really nice for me to be yeah. able to review it. Yeah. And what's, you should tell them about the way in which you feel spirit, like when you're in trance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I came at this sideways. I came at mediumship sideways. I came at it through the seance and just sort of like, let's try this out. Because I think I think I always had a belief that anyone could do mediumship. Mm -hmm. Everyone mm. has the ability to contact the spirit world. I mean, the universe is communicating with us all the time. So why should I think that only some people have this special capacity? Mm -hmm. um so I tried out being a mediumship 
a medium <laughs> a medium in our seances and over time it's like wow i'm really i'm getting stuff mm-hmm. stuff is happening but it came to me through a weird way i i would um go into a meditative state like a trance mm-hmm. and feel sort of inputs in my body first so i'd feel a sudden constriction in my throat mm-hmm. and like okay this is coming from somewhere out of me um so what does this mean and I start like kind of this dialogue with whatever is coming to me with whatever spirit is trying to communicate with me and I say like are you choked up are you trying to communicate something to me that you want communicated to your family members and that's not out loud right that's within you you're communicating okay Yes. Yes. So, well, actually, sometimes I do say it out loud, <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> um, but, but I try not to do it right away because um, I really just want to be so internal and receptive at the beginning of that uh, kind of trance-like state. So it really is like a conversation that's happening in my body and in what I'm feeling. And then I, once that is deepened, I can kind of get, okay, I'm kind of hearing messages. I'm kind of feeling compelled to say these certain things. Mm. And then that contact becomes stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, it's a little bit different. Um, I've always engaged with like a kind of psychic phenomena that's always interested me. I've always found a kind of have a knack for some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... And my purpose in the seance in many ways is not simply to receive messages, but to be aware of what other people are feeling. I'm mm. kind of like a canary in a coal mine. Like these are emotional events. Mm. So if people are having like triggered negative memories, I want to make sure we can move the whole group away from that because A, we don't want to put that person on the spot and make them feel more uncomfortable. Mm. But if we have a lot of negative energy, we risk running the seance into like the stories you hear about in Mm -hmm. pop culture about Ouija boards and stuff. So we want to keep things moving and we want to keep things light or at least um, positive. Positive. Um, Mm. But because I have that connection with guests and with people, I seem to have a window into more experiences. Uh, So Last, for example, and I know she was previously on the show, Captolia, yeah. she attended our last uh, seance on Friday, and we were getting input from spirit, someone related, someone, a spirit reaching out to her, but I was getting these like food tastes, <laughs> like it was really <gasps> weird. It's a, it literally was like someone had just like loaded up a spoon of whatever and shoved it in my mouth. And it was like, what is this? Oh. This is like, this is like. I don't even know. This is like hot food. This is like spicy. This is like maybe beans. I don't even know what this is. And it turned out it was like a um, a, a traditional Mexican uh, dish called a menudo or menudo. I can't say it. I'm not uh-huh. I'm not familiar with the dish proper, mm-hmm. but it's like a rice and beans kind of dish that's like so spicy and it has like sausage and stuff in it. And apparently it was his favorite food <laughs> or one wow. of it. Like he was associated with and knew that she would know. It was very weird, but that stuff kind <laughs> so of comes cool. along in these ways. So it is very weird. it's very weird. I never know <laughs> it's going or why. Yes, the it's, why is sometimes something we don't know. It's uh-huh. like refreshing when you hear someone who performs seances say, it's weird. Like, yes. <laughs> it's so weird. That's how we feel whenever yeah. we like, 
when I experience those things, like I can't explain it, but it's true. Like when you get the reaction from the person. And I think that's the weirdest part of it is having these inputs, whether they're like something as dramatic as taste or smell or a message that pops into your head or a touch and then saying, okay, I'm feeling and receiving this. And someone's like, no, that's, that is the message that I was supposed yeah. to hear. That's that person's name. That mm. name is mentioned. That's my brother. Mm. Like that is like you are on, cause we don't know what to do with that information. Like oftentimes mm-hmm. for me, at least when there's spirit contact, they're not saying like, hi, this is, you know, grandpa Joe. And mm. I want to talk to Dave and Dave's brother is like, it's just like impressions. And then mm-hmm. putting those impressions out there and trusting it means something to someone Mm -hmm. yeah again it's like improv where you're just saying the thing getting it out there and then moving past it Mm -hmm. and getting the reaction yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i want to know how you two met like were you already both into this stuff and or like tell us that yeah yeah uh we met the first day of college um we were just babies then (laughs) and uh we weren't into this stuff at all. We were, you know, good Christian. Evangelical. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So my growing up, I had a lot of like terrifying experiences growing up um, in terms of like weird paranormal-ish stuff, like dream, con- consistent dreams about like dark figures in my bedroom at night and like lights from the window and like all kinds of like like what classically sounds like alien stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I always, and I was terrified of aliens. Like I'd watch anything about it, but I was terrified of it. Was. (laughs) Totally fine into it now. Totally fine now, I guess. Um, But part of my upbringing was in like an independent fundamentalist Baptist church. Whoa, that's pretty intense. (laughs) It's very intense and it left me with a lot that I needed to work through. But Mm -hmm. one of those things looking back, I feel really frustrated with is Mm -hmm. that there was some kind of weird um, energy in the house that I grew up in. It was Mm -hmm. like a haunted house, but no one really talked about it. I seem to have like a lot of terrible like experiences with it. And the only recourse I had was my church telling me like, these things are are demons. Everything is demons. Damn. Um, Which is a scary thing. Like if you're a kid and you're like, it's aliens. And then your pastor's like, it's demons. Like that's a scary, (laughs) that's even scary. So I, um, (laughs) when I went to college, I didn't really, I went to a, a small evangelical college. I met a cat on the first day. Wait, you guys went to a Christian college? Yes. That's where you met and you end up becoming seance people. It used to be a Bible college. And honestly, the story is very familiar. Like the people who are really like crazy about witchcraft and the occult are often the people who are like, yeah, I came from this crazy, like weird Mm. cult. Do you think that's like a sense of rebellion or is it like taking what they know and like, I don't know. Changing the context. It's yeah. tough because I think that's a great point. Like the Warrens are that. I think there's an aspect of that. Yeah. Did you did you say the Warrens? Yeah. The yes, Warrens. because I'm like, you guys are the modern the Warrens. <laughs> How is that? that? But the Warrens, they were two like celebrity ghost hunting couple. They were a couple. That's they what the conjuring is based on their oh. actual like 
things yeah. have happened. Yeah. They did cool. the Conjuring. They did the Amityville horror. Like they were <laughs> all involved with those. But cool. for the Warrens, they had a similar experience in that they were, uh, Ed was raised in a very religious household yeah. and they embarked into this, like the, the criticism of them in the paranormal field is literally like everything is demons. For them, it, the world became dualist and they were here to support the Catholic church mm -hmm. and like help right. out in the war against, you know, between mm -hmm. God and the devil. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that in some ways, some of the things they did were very interesting. But I think that can be a really harmful like outlook for people when people are legitimately having some kind of haunting or some kind of paranormal experience. And then authorities are coming in and saying, well, it's the devil. That's worse. <laughs> so for me, <laughs> I feel like we I really didn't want to do that. Um, and we don't well, want to do that reflect, for others. It doesn't right? reflect mm. how we see the world either. So. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, but I do think like when you come from a more extreme religious background and you come into something like witchcraft, which is like so liberating, really, mm -hmm. it is an act of healing. Mm -hmm. yep. You like turning away from something that honestly, many people come with trauma from those mm -hmm. traditions, not to mm -hmm. um, not to degrade them at all, because some people find them very healing and some people do a lot of good work in those religious traditions but uh, mm -hmm. for us yeah it was I think it was an act of healing for us to turn this way yeah it, so it who, allowed who, us like to... who started the conversation of like should we become seance leaders <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess that was you it was it me was <laughs> <laughs> me. yes it was me I was very interested in it and I, we both were like even though we didn't like come out at a Christian school and say like, hey, guess what? We like are into seances and uh, magic and occult stuff and, you know, aliens and whatever. Um, we both growing up had instances of interacting with the weird. Like I mm. had, even going to college, I had a whole bookcase full of like, you know, documented psychic phenomena, whatever. It fascinated me. Um, mm. The school where I attended was actually the one where I read the discovery of witchcraft for the first time. Uh, they had it in the library um, with, as like a, an artifact that you could just kind of read. And I thought it was fascinating. Um, and I know you growing up had like a lot of like, not... I, I was more connected to nature. Yeah. Okay. And then um, over time, you know, I kind of, the church says, you know, focus on God instead. Don't like feel as connected to, you know, your landscape, your natural spirits, your trees, like that's too much. <laughs> Take a step back. That's more where I came from. And then when I started to get interested in the paranormal, that was triggered by an event I had at Dan's house. Um, so I actually, I don't know how long we had been dating at that point. I don't, I don't think it was that it wasn't long. Very long. I came over to his house and um, I walked in his room and when I turned around, I saw this like shadow entity in his doorway. And then I like looked away briefly. It is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and then it wasn't there visible anymore, but I could still feel it. Oh. And that really, really was a freaky experience. And I couldn't explain it. I honestly, for like a few years, just thought, oh, I literally went crazy for about, um, well, I felt it for a while after. So I went crazy for like an hour. 
Dan, was that like af- affirmative of like, did you oh, feel yeah. like you there? Yeah, because it was like the first time that someone else yeah. who was not me and not involved in my immediate surroundings well, you was didn't like, tell me about it either. No, and she didn't know because what what guy says to you know his new girlfriend? By the way, I'm in the doorway. Welcome to my place. He, he just watches. He won't get involved. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a really affirming and like moment of recognizing like, oh, we we can talk about this, which would be really good for a relationship and then be very, uh-huh. really kind of the catalyst for, well, now let's explore like how deep this all goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the attracting thing to the seance for us and for people who attend is this sense of the seance is a ritual space that kind of acts as like a giant boundary. So like Kat saying like, oh, you know, I didn't really do mediumship until I was doing the seance. Um, that's because in the seance, everyone kind of receives messages. Like you don't have to be a medium. And if you are a medium or you have experience or you've opened yourself to that, the messages are often a lot stronger. We view it as like kind of like an amplifying like um, chamber because mm-hmm. everyone's intentional on the same topic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all looking for spirit. And that's, it's a good place to kind of grow and like flex and kind of stretch out and see, well, how far can we take this? Um yeah safely well that i had a question earlier that totally relates to this can you do a seance on your own or do you need collective amplified intention sure um gosh i guess it depends on the definition of a seance yeah okay seance is i comes from the french meaning meeting or sitting Mm. so you could either take that as meeting with Normally, historically, it's been with a community or a smaller group of people. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I wouldn't say you couldn't do it. No, I think spirit contact is available to most yes. people. I think that in situations with, like, the, the benefits of the seance is that kind of collaborative um, environment. Mm. There's nothing that's stopping someone from trying to reach out to spirit and attempt mm-hmm. to have, like, a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, what's nice about the group interaction is you again have all the focused intent but also you have the collaboration of understanding the messages which are coming through Mm. discussing them kind of hashing them out Mm. and that element of protection you feel a lot more protected when things begin to go strange when you're with other people (laughs) (laughs) i just asked because like i was always the one at the sleepover that was like let's do a seance like always (laughs) suggesting it yeah (laughs) and not everyone wanted to do it. So I'm like, can I just do it on my own now that I'm an adult? Like, okay. We have a, a blog post on our website for how to do it on your own. Oh, yeah. great. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We want this to be accessible to anyone. And that's really, for it. it doesn't have to be such a like closed topic or such a mysterious topic. Mm-hmm. Um, because the origins of seance were very oriented around like they were they were very working class like they were very around Accessible. for you to access no matter who you are mm-hmm. and take part in and experience this kind of exchange of information from spirit or terrestrial plane mm-hmm. that we don't want to diminish that um, i think there's something really sad in taking a practice that's such a open and grounded one 
and saying, well, no, you can only go one direction mm. and only one way is the right way for that. Mm. I love that. Were seances always like taboo or you said something in your original email about the, de- mm. the debunking. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess the best place to start is like a, just a kind of crash course around like where seances as we think of them kind of originated because like just like we think like rock music started in the 60s like there's kind of that same like oh seances started in the middle 1800s they've been around before that but for all intents and purposes what we think of is that Mm. um and they really sprung up out of this place called uh, the burned over district in new york um rochester area uh there was a lot of religious and like american experimentation going on there uh, the Mormon church kind of starts there and then flees out West. Uh, the Quaker universal friend comes from there and goes around being the universal friend. Uh, <laughs> and then there's these, uh, this seance thing that happens with these two little, these you know, teenage girls at the time who discover that they can talk to spirits and they believe that they're in communication with this person who was murdered near their house and they get it by these weird like clicking rapping sounds so they'll it's a binary they answer like tell me once for yes twice for now mm-hmm. and it, it blows up it goes it takes off um, people come from miles around there are pastors there are into like statesmen and it really kind of expands to such a height that there it culminates i would say in uh the white house holding a seance in which abraham lincoln was in attendance no <laughs> Yeah, never known about this. Yeah, this it's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, so there's like this real pop culture moment where people are like, "Oh my gosh!" And it's it's so accessible. It's so like working class. Like we forget because we have such access to internet and books. But like most people who in circa 1850 and like the Northeast probably only had one or two books in their entire household. Mm. One was probably the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's really not a lot of exchange of ideas happening there's really not a lot of like theology or eschatology so this like seance thing is so wait great. what is eschatology for I'm the basic witches <laughs> i didn't know either uh it's a series on your beliefs on the afterlife yeah. oh, amazing yeah. okay so when people now are having questions as the civil war rages around them as there's this whole discussion around the abolition of slavery giving women the right to vote there's suddenly this place that's not this like dusty old, like, you know, um, Baptist or um, Lutheran or Catholic priest telling you there's a place you can go and the spirits are telling you, you can get it right from the spirits. And that's the like forgotten piece is these spirits, they had messages from grandparents or loved ones or sons or fathers who died in the war. But often those sons or fathers who died in the war or grandparents would come back and say, I love you. And also women need to vote. And also you need to nationalize the railways. And also, yeah. yeah. Activist ghosts. Yes. Spirits, yeah. Holy shit. Amazing. And and mediums are really uh, at the forefront of spreading these kinds of messages. And it's, it's wonderful because like, so many women were mediums and they were finally able to have kind of spiritual positions of power in their communities. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like, there are stories um, which I find really interesting of like pastors and they'll take their wives and they'll go to a seance because, you know, it's happening in the community. They want to do a sermon about it on Sunday. 
most likely to condemn it. Uh-huh. And then their yeah. wives turn out to be mediums and their wives <laughs> like, are channeling oh, all these spirits and these pastors are like, my, what is going on? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that seance and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, wow. so now you want to tell them about the debunking yeah so there's this debunking aspect which grows of course in reaction um because a lot of these things are very politically charged we it's easier to debunk something when we talk about it as like fraud as far as like ripping people off and Mm. that's where a lot of the dialogue kind of begins to center what you're finding is these the dialogue centering around like these are like you know these are women who are one step up from being like street workers and they're mm. just taking your money and preying on these people who feel very bad. And I'm not going to like deny there's a lot of fraud in this work for sure. Um, much fraud historically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the people, especially in political government at the time who are trumpeting this message are the people who stand to lose when abolition happens, when women get the right to vote, mm. when, when the railways are nationalized. Uh, like uh-huh. they're the ones who stand in this position to lose things. So there's this concerted movement that's, I wouldn't say like planned, it's just a happenstance kind of situation where interests, uh, political interests of the patriarchy back themselves, right? Like mm. politics will back itself. Mm. And so you have individuals like, um, uh, the stage magician Keller, um, Harry Houdini, who are reaching the end of their career. Uh, their, their performance days are basically over. Harry Houdini tries to do a, um, tries to do a Hollywood movie career that doesn't go well for him. Mm-hmm. He produces like two films and no one sees them. And there's a moment to pivoting from performance personality to um, being in the papers. Uh, so there's a lot being written around seances, of course, as like a discourse. And there's a very important um, political discussion happening where in some cases, Harry Houdini actually goes to the Capitol and testifies in front of Congress about mediums ripping people off and this grand Aww. fraud. Uh, there are large like press junkets where mediums and magicians go to more or less war with each other, trying to prove that they're real or prove that they're fake. One of the curious things that's emerged over time is that we actually now know that Keller and Houdini, while actually to their credit, debunking some honest grifters, <laughs> honest grifters, <laughs> debunking some actual true, frauds. True, yeah. Grifters, yeah. Many of the people who are cert- like who are positioned as mediums, which are debunked, were actually like trained stagehands that Houdini or Keller had trained to take the fall and to produce press. And it's a great oh. press story. It's a wonderful press story. So they were like plants. They were like planted yeah. as these figures that they could then rip down to prove their point. Yeah. And so they're more or less, I wouldn't, it's difficult to pin um, like intent and motive on people who are long past. And I don't really want to litigate that. In my head, I keep hearing, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that there ends up being this kind of, it's easier to reckon with the story of seance historically. If we sweep away all the political implications, all the empowering implications, all the unexplained things. The, the stories where, you know, uh, there's an excellent scholar, like a, there's an excellent book called The Witch of Lime Street, which is a historical recounting of this woman who uh, is put on trial by Houdini and a group of theophysists to see if she is actually a medium. 
And there's some really like debasing stuff that goes on through this, mm. like, trying to prove that she's actually a medium and not mm. a trickster of some kind. But in the end, she's able to pull forth information and produce results that they can't really explain. And oh, the book yes. is an interesting read because you're left with this impression that maybe there is something to all of this. Maybe wow. there isn't just um, a top to bottom rampant kind of circus of, of fraud. Um, I think that that's one of the, the saddest parts, though, of like all of this kind of history is that that mm element of activism that element of real social change is lost mm. and kind of just turned into a talking point for like uh -huh. it's mm. so interesting too because harry is literally a trickster so it makes <laughs> sense that he thought that like oh like magic can't be real they must also be a trickster so like yes. trying to defame their actual gifts yeah mm. there's a a curious wrinkle in this whole story which is houdini and his wife bess they spent some time on the um, on the vaudeville circuit doing mediumship. Uh, they spent some time trying to hack it. Houdini's career hadn't taken off. He had tried to go to Britain. It hadn't really worked out. And he and Bess, in like a moment of you know trying to keep their lives running, go on this uh, Western uh, through the United States Western tour, and they are doing like psychic readings. <laughs> so it's a oh my a gosh weird. Uh, story that isn't okay. as discussed as maybe it could be oh wow thank you for all that story. knowledge <laughs> I had no idea about any of that yeah and so what do you think like do those same sort of cultural messages come through for you guys or is it always on the personal in your work for the most part we just focus on the personal okay um but overall, as evidenced by like you discussing this all today, overall, you are activists and you are trying to, you are on a healing journey. We are. Yeah. And I think we see the questions, like when people have a question for us that they want answered from the spirit world, um, we don't know what those questions are. They hold them for themselves, but there's, you know, um, they're hoping that spirits will answer them. And the messages we get from spirit are personal, as Kat said. They are directed, you know, from someone they know or someone mm -hmm. who's related to them um, about something in their life. The question isn't generally about, though, like, oh, I really hope I can speak to so-and-so because I'm so devastated that they're gone. Sometimes that's a component. Sometimes grief is a component. Mm -hmm. But what's really interesting is some most of the time, the questions are like, I want to know, am I going to still have the house in six months? I want to know what's the next step for me in my career. I want to know why are things happening the way they are right now for me? More yeah. practical. It's that, yeah. It's that reemergence of that really like earthy working class kind of like mm -hmm. um, direct relationship with what's going on from here, mm -hmm. like my day to day. And do the mm -hmm. spirits have information for me about that? Mm -hmm. And the spirit answers are, are sometimes funny because they do they do have answers but it's like not a it varies from person to person and we don't really know how those answers impact them except that mm -hmm. we hear from them months later and they're like this totally made sense it's, it's mm. very strange okay I have a huge question yeah so given your both of your background which would have taught you there's one god and there's heaven and hell etc um what do you believe you're interacting with? How do you both explain what happens after you die? Yeah, mm -hmm. Kat, 
well, we do have certain beliefs because we are interacting with what we believe to be like individual spirits of these people. Um, but we also understand that there are different theories on mm. what happens after you die and what happens to your consciousness, what happens to your spirit. So we try to um, keep ourselves open to those different beliefs. Um, I think as far as me, I believe that once you die, you kind of, your consciousness persists at least for a little while. Okay. Time, I'm sure works strangely after you die. Time works strangely now for me. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) So um, I believe your consciousness persists. And uh, I was reading another medium's book. I like the idea that you kind of go through a life review um, upon your death and you kind of from that life review where you're kind of gaining perspective on your place in the world. Um, that's where the potential wisdom that your consciousness brings in to people who are living, mm-hmm. such as all of us, um, their greater perspective is what they can bring in there. Um, and then um, some mediums believe that once that process of Um, your life review is over once you've accomplished things you've wanted to accomplish, such as maybe communicating with someone in a seance, you are kind of your consciousness is, I don't want to say, I'm going to say reabsorbed into the universal consciousness. Mm. And so that's my current working theory. I love that. My current working theory. Totally. It's hard to know because it does seem there is a consistency of spirits having messages, which are trying to be urgently put across about like, it's often things about like that kind of life review element, like in life, like I regret this. I wish I could have said X better. Mm -hmm. In the last seance we had, there was someone who's, um, you know, they, their loved one had uh, had passed and it was a result of trying to decide whether or not like ultimately this person was very ill and there's a question of like should we keep them alive medically or should we let them just pass mm-hmm. and the person had struggled with that gr- a great deal having made that decision and the spirit was like the spirit of this person was trying to say like it is you know you don't have to agonize over this there's no grief in this like you made the the a fine decision you made a good decision it's okay Um, but also really wanted to communicate an importance on, um, keeping like keeping the family kind of together and being more open and communicative than that person had been in life. Mm. That person was known in the family for being very closed off and very, um, combative. And the spirit was trying to say like, I'm, I'm sorry about that. There was a lot going on in my life that I hadn't really realized the context of. And it's really important for you guys not to make that mistake. Or not to make that decision. Um, We are always clear to add the spirits, as Kat said, it's contextual. They have contextual knowledge. I don't think, and I think most mediums would agree with me, that spirits have end-all, be-all answers. They don't Mm -hmm. have 100% of the picture. Mm -hmm. I always like to tell people, it's like talking with your mom. Your mom might know you very well, but your mom might have a bad idea. So (laughs) it was like, you know, abusive to you. It's okay if you get a message from them to say, no, I don't want to talk with you. I need space. I need boundaries. We're not talking right now. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> Just because a spirit shows up doesn't mean you have to accept what it says. Right. And, and we do get um, 
spirits that are uh, grandparents often. And we kind of joke amongst everyone that our ancestors are often here to maybe ask us to do something for them, like keep the family together, like send mm. this knowledge to your aunt. Um, and we always say, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You don't have no. to do what they are telling you they'd mm -hmm. like you to do. Right. Because mm -hmm. there's a process of maybe working through some things. Um, and I'm a big believer in like an animist worldview. I think everything has some kind of consciousness and spirit. There is something universal. I don't know how time and stuff works. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes wonder, like, even if this is all some kind of projection from within my own head um, mm -hmm. or our participant's head, that makes it no less real, nor does it really matter. Because if mm -hmm. it's valuable, then I guess I'll take it. It's the way I feel mm -hmm. about magic. Like, is magic just a psychodrama or is it actually me exerting will in a magical way? Either way, it works, so I'm okay right. with it. <laughs> yeah. If it works, it, it works. And it, gives you, and it gives you tools and knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. I recently got to be, I got to have a spiritual hypnotherapy session mm. where I was oh. hypnotized um, from our former guest, Moira Michelle. And I think it sounds like it felt similar to me to you, Kat, where, um, when you're channeling, when you're in trance, because mm -hmm. like in the session, we would, we decided what the questions were beforehand. Cause I, I got to go in with my own personal questions. Mm -hmm. And when, once I was in the hypnosis and she would ask me the questions, the answers would come through like point blank, almost in a different voice, yeah. like so cool. clear. Mm -hmm that I'm like, I had the same phenomenon afterwards where I'm like, I don't know, was that a projection in my own head or was it really these guardians and spirit guides, et cetera? Um, either way it worked because absolutely, I feel better mm -hmm. <laughs> and I got answers. And it's like, did that come from my deep, deep subconscious or did it come from something I don't even understand? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. It, I don't it, think we'll ever know. Hmm, no. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's really fun to explore this and just talk mm -hmm. about it and like feel it. Um, but yeah, I, I think the absolute knowledge might be beyond uh, this current incarnation of myself. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so do you guys believe in reincarnation? Because that was a huge thing with my session was like past lives. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. Because okay. Interesting evidence on that. There is interesting evidence. Um, and there are like, you know, stories about people who like children have detailed memories of like something yes. that they didn't have memories of. Like the common uh, one is. They'll say it was my past life. Yeah. And they'll say, it's like, oh, I like used that. to be this. And it's like, you used a to pilot. be a fighter pilot. Like, no, you weren't. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're six. You're three years old. But like, <laughs> yeah. So. And yet, you know, like, you know, your plain serial yeah. number and your dog tags and all that. Like that's, to me, there's something strange about, about that. Yeah. But what does that mean for us as people? Like, what does that mean for me as like a consciousness? If I have, if I've lived another life and I don't remember it, what does that mean about me? Mm. Um, even stranger is like, what does it mean if we're just living the same lives over and over and over mm. again? That's mm. a weird concept that I think, you know, all these things kind of come up. I don't love that one. I don't like just, that one either. Just because it kind of freaks me out. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Same you guys. Like, yeah. I feel like I shifted from basically being questioning, feeling like I didn't choose this, which I still kind of, kind of do, but I'm more open-minded now, but basically I feel like I went from feeling like I didn't choose this life to, oh my gosh, this life is so good. I hope it ends after this, because if I do reincarnate, like, how's it going to get better? Like, because <laughs> yeah. seriously, after that session, when I saw all those past lives, I was like, those were worse. Those were hard. This, yeah. I thought this one was hard, but this is like a piece of cake compared mm. to those ones. Mm. Yeah. That's good. It is good, but now I'm like, <laughs> let this be the last one. <laughs> but what if it gets better? What if okay. it keeps getting better? Okay, seeing the moon half full. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> the moon half full. <laughs> I like that. So Dan and Kat, what is, what is like the reaction from your family and your classmates yes. that like oh are gosh. very religious? Oh, yeah. Um, some Do they are... know? <laughs> Some are surprisingly tolerant and surprisingly like, I'm just letting this happen. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> some are very much like, you know, this is very bad. Um, you're mm. set, you're lead, literally, you're leading people to hell. Um, others are saying like, you don't, you know, there's a lot of concern around these things. Mm -hmm. I think I've lost contact with a lot of friends I had growing up because this is a very weird thing to be doing. Mm. Um, family, it's, kind of merged into a space of we're just not going to talk about what what you mm -hmm. do for a living and frankly that's okay like they mm -hmm. it's not their responsibility to love what i do and it's not my responsibility to care so yeah. it's um yes. it's we can compartmentalize our lives yeah mm. it felt like a burn a little bit <laughs> i, love that. I, love I totally get it ignorance is bliss like yeah. you're not trying to change them as long as they're not trying to change you it's okay yeah. And you know that you're not hurting anyone. If anything, you're helping people. Yeah, yeah I think our goal is to help people. Our goal mm -hmm. is to help people. And I think that's the most frustrating thing is when there is criticism, particularly directed at, of course, mediums and, of course, seances, mm -hmm. of like you are taking advantage of people or you're out to hurt people or you're out to exploit people. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that comes from not having engaged with the work which we and our colleagues are doing because where there's i don't know how you can sit through a seance where people are independent of cat and i having experiences with loved ones feeling hands on their shoulders feeling mm -hmm. hands in their hands smelling perfume like that whole experience and full-on having an emotional moment of closure and say these people have been hurt or these people are mm -hmm. being exploited that's something hey. i feel deep sadness about because i do think we are the work that we do independent of us is so helpful. If you can go to someone and say, you can do this, you can have this experience, and then they have that experience, then that's good. <laughs> like, right, that is, right, that's good. right. No matter what you believe, it's like, again, if it worked, it worked. Yeah. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it works if you work it. Um, I'm wondering what, like, if you have a spookiest moment that comes to mind of something that happened. I know you thought it, craziest. but I just, like, saw it in your head. <laughs> your eyes, like, lit up. Which one do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> We've been debating about this because one is just so far out. In the one's we far have time out in the for both. Room. I mean, yeah. start wherever. Okay. okay. Tell them all. 
No, you tell them the one you want. Please. You tell them the one you want. <laughs> no, because, well, we've had the chair one and then the glass one and then the just crazy mediumship experiences. And then. What about one of the crazy mediumship experiences you had? And then I'll tell them about the glass one. Yeah, but that kind of happens like every time. It's not <laughs> like you do. Uh, I start out doing automatic writing before I do um, the channeled messages portion. I mean, they're both channeled messages, but I start out with automatic writing. And one of the, <laughs> it was spooky for me because I was still on the fence. I was just, I was trying it out. I was trying out mediumship mm-hmm. in the seance. And then I was doing automatic writing and the word kept popping into my head shot. And I like my, um, my brain wanted to say, don't say that. That's like super negative. That's going to be like weird. And so I was like, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> and I have goosebumps. I just oh. wrote, you know what, what about maybe if I do like shooting into whatever or something like that. So I just found a way to include it. And then um, we, once I was finished, we pass it around to everyone. Her automatic writings, we pass them around. Yes. Oh, cool. Um, so everyone can see like what messages are standing out for them. And um, this guy, like in the far corner of the room was like shooting. This is shot. My, what was it? Father mm-hmm. was shot and killed. Um as a police officer and I was like and next to that Kat had drawn this rose um directly next to the word shooting and this his the reason it stuck out to him besides just shooting was he had a tattoo of a rose on his hand um his father did um so it was like a real moment of like like my first like oh my gosh this is real Uh uh-huh spooky for me I mean, it is spooky. It's weird yeah. when you have this thing which you've offered and someone is like, not only do I see meaning in this, I see direct meaning mm-hmm. and unarguable meaning. Like for that person, mm-hmm. that is exactly. And for me, because I like resisted it so much. Uh-huh. It was like, don't. But ultimately it. you trusted your intuition. Like I've had that before where things come in. I'm like, oh, that's so negative. But I'm like, well, I mm-hmm. have to say it because it's mm-hmm. really what came through. And then most of the time they're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. this is what I needed to hear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I can. Now you go. Well, for me, um, the weirdest and spookiest thing that ever happened, and it has not happened since, um, but we were doing a seance in the Westminster Burial Ground in Baltimore, which is one of, it's a like kind of makeshift catacombs. Essentially, the church had a cemetery and then ran out of money um, and decided to build the church on top of the cemetery. Um, because they had run out of money and space to like buy additional land in the city. So it's makeshift catacombs. It's a church held up by sports structures and underneath is all oh. just burial sites. And they're like these weird above ground burials where it's literally just dirt piled up over people. It's very spooky. Um, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe's buried there. Whoa. Oh, yeah. shit. So we were doing a seance there around in October at some point around Halloween. And... Um, it's owned currently, Westminster Burial Ground is owned by a university. It's not, it's not a functional church anymore. It's owned by the state and a university like caretakes for it. So to get into the space, we have to call the university, 
they send a security guard over who unlocks the gate to the outer cemetery and then unlocks the church to the inner cemetery area. Everything is heavily monitored by um, security cameras as well as like those infrared like tripwire things because it's a historic site in a city and they don't want it to be defaced. Yeah. Um, there are regular patrols of security guards. There's only like a handful of keys owned by the Poe Society and these security teams. So we had a spot planted. We had a, a time frame. The guard came down, let us in, uh, walk into this spooky like underground burial site. There are these wooden, old wooden church pews down there for like lectures, I guess. I, I don't know. We used them for us for our seance. <laughs> and throughout the course, the seance was like an active one for sure. And part of that is just the energetically charged atmosphere. Um, historically speaking, as far as witchcraft is concerned, a lot of like early witchcraft rituals were done in churches or on church grave sites because it is a energetically liminal space very energetically powerful so we're going through this and at the very end um someone stands up and says there's all this red glass at my feet um we're like what red glass and they reached down and picked it up and someone behind them like three rows behind said yeah it was falling on my head and i was like they were like i thought it was like unfinished like it's a weird like unfinished ceiling i thought it was just like the old church bits like little tiny pieces of dust falling it was this red glass and it was everywhere and it was like patterned and smoothed over. And the first thing that popped into my head was like, oh my God, th these are apports. Like this is an apport event. And in the seance literature, there's this story of like physical things being manifested from the spirit world for people. I always didn't take that as a real thing though. Like you have to be skeptical when you read this stuff. First of all, there is fraud. So in many cases, you know, there was fraud and apports were nothing more than sleight of hand. A less, a more charitable reading of that is like occult literature is often metaphorical. So if you're saying like roses came from heaven, maybe they weren't actually roses. Maybe it was mm. the smell of roses. Maybe it was, you know, roses can illustrate the wounds of Christ. Maybe it's like a vision of, you know, Christ. I don't know, but I was always very skeptical of that. But there was all this patterned red glass on the floor. And when I picked it up and looked at it, it matched exactly the glass that's in the red lantern we light during our seance. We have a red lantern. Um, our lantern was totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It wasn't broken, but it looked like someone had just smashed our lantern and glass had gone everywhere. It was crazy. No one, like, there was no way that that could get there. Um, there's, it's swept by security guards. We don't have access to it. Our, our guests didn't. The only thing I can say is like, that was an airport moment where something came from somewhere else. It was the spookiest, weirdest thing. Never has happened since. Still don't know what to make of it. I lay in bed at night thinking, there's got to be a logical explanation. Somebody <laughs> dropped the lantern, an exact copy of the one I have. Like, what? I don't know. And we just all didn't notice the glass was everywhere. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. That's Whoa. crazy. <laughs> yeah. What was if, the other one? There was one more. I'm chair, like, I want to hear all the of them. Chair. Yeah, the chair. <laughs> yeah, that was when we, oh my gosh, was that before we were doing seances? Where we just started doing seances when the, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this because I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to ask Dan the questions of the story. <laughs> Do you remember this? When we were in Patapsco. Yes. And yes. We were doing, this is old building. like really interesting. There is. So Where is that? We're located in the town of Sykesville, Maryland. Okay. Um, Sykesville tiny. is a very tiny town and a very interesting one. Yeah. 
Very haunted and spooky town. Very haunted and spooky town. That's why we're here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> All sorts. Yeah. Uh, it was part of the Underground Railway. There's actually wait, literally, Dan. Town. I was just thinking in my head how the town I'm in right now is the last stop on the Underground Railroad before Canada. Oh, really? I'm living. I'm living on Lake Erie right now for like oh, a no sabbatical. Way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and just doing some art here and there's like plaques and a lot of history because this yeah. one block from where I live was literally the last stop on the underground railroad. Oh yeah. No, very. And very... I was thinking about it as you were talking. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I love them. That's interesting. But this town is, is so bizarre, like underground tunnel system, uh sighting of a Bigfoot, uh, a whole Bigfoot sighting in the 1970s. Oh, one of the only Bigfoot sightings that was actually like reported by state police, uh, which is weird. That's cool. Um, it's butted up against an old abandoned uh, mental facility, as oh. well as a um, and a current functioning mental facility. And a current oh, functioning facility. Right <laughs> you next got to it each all. Other, one just <laughs> falling into decay. It's very. It's spooky. It's spooky, spooky well, as fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like large UFO flaps in the state park area, it's strange. Regardless, we're here. Um, the oldest surviving building mm -hmm. is the now Patapsco Brewery uh, Distilling Company. But before that, that building had been anything. Um, it was a grocery store. It was a pharmacy. It was a firehouse. Mm -hmm. The town of Sykesville nearly burned to the ground like Lots three times. Time. And then <sighs> they decided to put three fire stations in like on the same road. Stop. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Um, we have to visit. This is so funny. <laughs> please do. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you the tour. It's really yes. <laughs> but there's a um, that building specifically, the oldest portion was built in 1756. It was part of an Episcopal parish house. Uh, so the Episcopal church owned it as a, as a parish house. And we found evidence that when we were in there, that it was actually used for seances. Um, probably around 1850, there was an additional room put on and that room is uh, marked out as for like proper ritual layout. So it was probably very popular during the 1850s to early 1900s. A lot of energy yeah. there. Um, and we have a ton of stories from that space. But the weirdest one is Kat and I were getting ready to do a like seance in the space and we were walking around and feeling like what was around us, feeling what was coming, you know, in. And Kat kept getting this impression of a name Harriet just over and over and over again. And I asked, is anyone there? And I asked this three times. And on the third time, a metal folding chair just fell like off the folding chair rack on the wall, just fell right off and smashed onto the ground. No. And it was one Those of Those things the are loud when they yeah. They're loud yeah. when they fall. And it was the, the rack is the kind that has like teeth on it to hold the folding <gasps> chair on the rack. Uh -huh. So I guess someone could have put it there poorly and it just balanced there for two hours until I asked, is anyone here? But, I itself? mean, but it was crazy. Um, literally a week later, the space was being investigated by a paranormal investigation team from Gettysburg. They brought a psychic with them and we were just there to like collaborate. We didn't tell them anything. Oftentimes paranormal investigators will ask us to like consult uh, mm -hmm. Our job is basically history and, you know, stopping them from screaming at the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and wearing and camo. <laughs> stopping exactly. Them. If you can. We can't stop that. But, you know, um, the psychic they brought with them came up the stairs to the room where this happened and said, yeah, I'm getting some names here. I'm getting a Joseph. I'm getting a David and I'm getting a Harriet. And we were like, what? 
that's someone else who had the Harriet. It was crazy. It was so weird. Do you think that that was Harriet Tubman? No, I don't know if I, I don't know. Like, it would be interesting. I don't know. I certainly hope she has better places to be. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I hope so. But yeah, it was a very weird. I never um, thought of that though. Yeah. That's interesting. There's all kinds of connections, so. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing those stories. Like, ah. We love talking about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> okay, I have to ask because I saw a couple times throughout our recording that Kat, you looked up over behind Dan. Were you just checking the candles or have you been like seeing something? Yeah, no, I, I checked the candles. Okay. Just to <laughs> say fire safety, which yeah, tactical. I'm, hear, I'm hearing them like go. Okay, okay. Making sure nothing's on fire back there. <laughs> Do you call yourself witches? Do you go by witches? So we go by occultist. Cats a witch. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm an eclectic witch. We'll nice. see where that goes. <laughs> and oh, I yeah. prefer to align myself along like occultist lines, not for any like real reason. I just feel like not for any really like developed reason, other than I feel as though it can be weird for a um, a white cis dude to run around saying he's a witch, and that's not to decry that, but I feel like that term has a lot more. Uh, resonance that I necessarily don't have access to. And I am very interested in occult history and occult like art. So for mm-hmm. me, the occult has always just kind of registered a little mm-hmm. bit strong. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love that. And because of like how totally ally that statement was, I'd say you're totally allowed to call yourself a witch. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm happy to hear that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, I so appreciate the respect. Yeah, that's awesome. Think, we, we, we try. We try. And it's something that Seance, I think, has really taught us is like mm. people have stories, people have narratives, people have a real, like, there is a real spirit to people. Like, there mm-hmm. is a, we're not all just like fleshy automatons walking around acting in our own self interest, sometimes maybe, mm-hmm. but there is a real component of a continuation of consciousness and a oneness mm. the cat was speaking to. Mm-hmm. So if you can't, if you engage with that, it becomes really difficult to to turn that off when talking to people or about people or about beliefs or practices. Which is mm. goes back to the activism thing. It's like if everyone would just have that general understanding of I am you and you are me, then we mm. would get along mm. and the world would work. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a one last burning yeah. hot question because you guys are married, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so like we don't often get like a couple in here that we can ask this, but <laughs> I'm scared what, what's about to happen. <laughs> Scorpio, Scorpio's going to come out. <laughs> Watch it be like super tame. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's not. If <laughs> I want to know if spirit has ever interrupted your sex because you're both so tapped in, or if you've ever had a weird experience during sex. That is a really interesting question. Um, We've been interrupted by everything else, I feel like. Human (laughs) bullshit. By Uh, people, by by cat, by like, whatever. Um, The spirits are respectful of that. That's good. Yeah, I mean, you learn quickly, I think, to kind of block these things out. Okay. We're pretty focused on other things. We have boundaries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good, good. I, I'm not, I don't want to like ever decry psychics or mediums who like go up to someone and feel like they have a burning message for them. And 
I just personally feel like I'm not that guy. I'm not the person who can walk up to someone's in the grocery store and be like, your grandfather's right here and he wants to tell you. Um, for me, I need more boundaries than that. I would hate if someone came up to me and like gave me this emotional message from a, a departed friend. Like that would be awful. Um, so I really try and block those things out of <laughs> space for it. Um, that answers it. That answers it. <laughs> All right, so Thanks. Um, so let's see, what divination should we do? Is anyone feeling called also like, you know, in the future slash off the record, even though we're recording, like, can we please come to a seance, please? Yes, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I really want to experience it with you guys. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering if, if you guys can do a divination for us or if not, if you don't have anything ready, we can pull something. Um, we're guests on your show. I feel like I would love to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's do a reading have? then. Okay, I'm I'm going to pull um my Queen of the Moon deck. Yes. And just see what actually this isn't it. I'm get I'm feeling like it's I I'm going to go with Angel's deck. Um Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. Um, because there might be a reason you're called to that. Yeah, yeah. I just started a big angel magic working. So synchronous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, this deck is more symbolic. And I just mm -hmm. felt like everyone here has the power to interpret whatever this is going to mean. Mm -hmm. And let's just pull for the collective. Sure. Like what we all need to know right now. Okay. Yes. All right. Pick them up. Man, I want to go to all these. Like, I wish I was at that where the glass happened with you guys. Yeah, if only we could predict when these things happen. Right? Like every single one has something unique and weird. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm looking cool. forward to whatever I get to experience with you guys next. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is it. It's two. It's the top and the bottom. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Angel. <laughs> An okay. actual angel. Angel's army. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Um, and then holy shit, use your voice, mm. which we're all doing oh. right now. Yeah. And you guys use your voice to access angels and spirits. So those mm -hmm. go so perfectly hand in hand. Really wow. do. We've also wow. recently just embarked on like attempting to own what we do more. Um, we, we spent oh. a long, we spent a long time being like, oh, it's, we're, we're afraid to call ourselves mediums afraid. Like, are we good enough? Do we, do we do enough? Like there's a lot of guilt built into that because, mm. and yet use your voice is very much a call to literally just two own days it. ago we were talking and we were like, we need to own yeah. this. Like we oh, yeah. need to do it for real. And then also how you said you just started a divination with angels. And obviously, as you can see from the voice card, not all the cards in this deck have angels, mm -hmm. probably only this one. <laughs> It's that just is, that the, the author's name is Angel. Oh, really? <laughs> so actually, these two, cards, these two cards are angels. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Ways. Also, how we started well, talking about style. Look at me and her. I, know. I was going to say. Yeah. That's amazing. Both wearing leopard. Wow. Hello. That's awesome. Oh, big okay. synchronicities here. Yes. Yeah. Big synchronicities. All right. So I guess for everyone, we just need to know, own it. We've got, we're in the angels army. Like mm -hmm. we've got the universe or whatever you believe in on our side and we need to own it and use our voice right. done oh this love is it. so fun you guys are so cool yeah oh, you. you guys are a blast <laughs> <So cool. laughs>
Thank you. We want to hang um, out with you more. Yeah. So <laughs> tell, tell our listeners how they can book you or yeah. come to a seance. Yeah. So right now with the pandemic, we are mostly digital, um, which mm-hmm. is great. People ask, do seances work over digital space? Yes, they do. Very well. Um, so we have yes. multiple different things we do. Uh, we do a large group event, which we call spirit summoning, which is... Um, like I said, a large group of people and Kat and I will reach out and try and receive messages mm-hmm. for individuals in attendance mm-hmm. um, and give them readings based off of what spirit is. Answer questions, like Exactly. And then if you want to do something a little bit more intimate with us and experience a seance, um, a proper seance, a proper digital one, we have a digital seance where we actually send you a box of things which you'll use with us and the other practitioners over the course of a ritual evening. So um, we'll have a date and time and like, it's just a ticketed event and send you the box full of everything you could possibly need. Pendulum candles. Pendulums, candles, uh, a salt vial, uh, special um, uh, sigils and seals for protection and also for calling in. Um, all kinds of really fun stuff that I don't want to spoil all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's- We have one more thing. Yeah, and then- Wait, we have readings. We well, then we also do one-on-one readings. Yeah. Um, nice. And people can book us at the Eckharts.com for like, you know, private events if they want to do a seance with just their family. Sometimes people don't like to experience these things with others. We get that. Mm-hmm. And we also do like just one-on-one readings. Um, but all of that's at the Eckharts.com. Our major thing is doing seance events uh, with the seance box. And then, of course, the spirit summonings. Beautiful. Wait, one more thing. What? What is it? Isabel's going to kill us if we don't Isabel will kill us if we don't <laughs> Um, we also, if you're interested, if you're not necessarily a person who's coming from the outside of the paranormal, but you're a witch, you're a baby witch, you're a practitioner, you're interested in exploring more. We started the School of Occult Arts with Isabel Rizzo, who's a, um, a visual artist, a witch hypnotist and hypnotist. Well. Um, and we discuss all manner of, um, we do courses and teaching there. On Divination, herbalism, history of magic, yep. physical magic bunch of other stuff yes. so basically hogwarts it is hogwarts. if you want yes. Yes. Hogwarts. Yes. that's amazing fucking awesome oh beautiful all right they're definitely going to find you don't worry mm-hmm. our listeners Great. are the best um <laughs> and they're very curious witches um Good. and let's wrap it out with a basic blessing something we're yeah. each grateful for I'm so grateful to meet you. I'm so <laughs> grateful to have this conversation with you. Oh, yes, ditto. Thank you. <laughs> I think the thing I'm most grateful for and have been continually since starting this is really just um, a community of people who are really willing to engage in a meaningful way with the paranormal and not just engage in like a top-down kind of conversation of like, mm-hmm. this is how the universe and spirituality is and you must be this way. certainly there are some people like that but we've always been fortunate in meeting people who are so open and so interested in sharing ideas and experimenting whether it be magically or spiritually and like just being welcoming i think that's the the best thing that could possibly happen especially coming Mm -hmm. out of a tradition that was so like aggressively top heavy (laughs) (laughs) beautiful Oh, today I'm so grateful for all my capabilities. I've just, just physically and mentally and emotionally, I am so capable. And I, I realized, um, after volunteering yesterday, 
um, with someone who had a different ability that like, I don't wake up with any challenges physically and fuck, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm so grateful to be here in Uruguay um, for a job. I've been here for like a week. I had to quarantine in a hotel, but now I'm finally allowed out and the people here are so nice. I've just been getting spoiled and it's so nice to be in a different place in America and experience a different culture mm-hmm. and just grateful for the world and how big it is and how we can learn so much from each other. Yeah. Mm. And so it is. Yeah. <laughs> and so it is. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, the Eckhart. This was so fun. Witches,